0: knows how to play poker. poker, but do you know how to play poker well? Well, Get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games, hear interviews with the stars,
1: get information on when to play, where to play, and how to
0: play better poker. poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez.
2: And welcome once again, everyone, Big Dave and Joe, as we uh, bring you another edition of the show from South Florida on the eve. Of the tournament of the World Series of Poker out in Las Vegas at the Rio, Uh, we're doing this show on a Tuesday night. So uh, tomorrow we'll begin the show or we begin the tournament officially with the Casino Employees Championship. But it actually gets underway tonight. So we'll start there Uh, tonight. Is a special charity event honoring uh, Gavin Smith, who uh, at the age of fifty died of a heart attack uh, back in January. And the sad thing is, although he made couple million dollars over his career to 2.6 million or at least I think that was just You're his talking w- about PT. tournament winnings. Yeah, just his WPT earnings. Uh supposedly did not ha- have a lot of money, but he did have two sons, two young sons, Kingston and Keegan, and uh you know, still growing up uh, and losing their father, which is bad enough, but I guess uh they definitely needed to raise some money right away for him. So they did start up a GoFundMe page. Back in January, and I think they, uh, they set like a $100,000 goal, and they got two-thirds of the way in like the first three days. Uh, since then, there's only been another additional 6000 So I think it's a total of 73000 has been donated to uh, that fund. But tonight at the Rio, uh, the World Series of Poker will host a charity event, the uh, Gavin Smith Memorial Poker Tournament. It'll, it is a fundraiser that will help the family. $200 buy-in. Uh, 50% of all entry fees will go directly to the Gavin Smith Trust. So hopefully there will be 500,000 people there tonight. I don't know. You see poker tournaments, uh, charity tournaments don't draw that big, but we'll hope
1: uh, that we can
2: see something out of that, Uh, especially because uh, Gavin was very popular. uh, I think I mentioned on the show right after he passed away that my only uh, interaction with him was a negative one. Uh, he did have a drinking problem. I think he was kind of a sloppy drunk, and, uh, you know, that did was his lifestyle. Did you catch him like that? Well, I did. It was a, a party at the Hard Rock, and, and I didn't realize how, how that he was drunk at the time when I approached him, and I wanted to. I was doing a few interviews at the party, and I asked if he could uh, do a short interview, and he was like... No, know. And uh, so he basically just looked at me with a blank stare and turned around and walked away. So, you know... My fault for approaching him when he was drunk. I didn't realize it, but, uh, you know, not obviously well. not the best time to get him. So um, so I kind of had a negative opinion of him for quite some time, but as the stories came out, he was best friends with Nolan Dalla, uh, Mike Sexton, and people like that, and they had nothing but wonderful things to say about him and how funny he was. And um, You know, they recognized he, wasn't a, he was a flawed human being, as, as we all are. There's a
1: lot of them in the poker world you know yeah. first and foremost is to younger yeah exactly. you know
2: yeah and i think when the money comes i mean you always say it's a it's a hard hard way to make an easy living or whatever it is
1: it is but you know the thing also is you know remember i, I always tell people the, the the thing is the sweetest they they say money won, you know is twice as sweet as money earned right and when you're that good and you you, you know you you don't put the restraints on your lifestyle because you enjoy it. Yeah. And I I know I lived through some of that, you know, when I was making a, not that kind of money, but enough where I was enjoying my life very well and making great money in my regular job, making money in gambling, and whenever I did have a bad session in whatever form of gambling that I was doing, I always thought, oh, I can get it back. And obviously, yes, you go through those you know, ups and downs, and when the down now goes a lot further down than than previously, all of a sudden you run out of money, and you're always thinking that, hey, you know, even though I only got X amount of dollars left, this is the day I turn it around, and then all of a sudden you find yourself with no money and having to ask people, and when they know that you've made that kind of money, Dave, or blown that kind of money, it's, it's on both sides of, of the fence, you know, unless you're talking to another gambler who's a really good friend, it's very difficult to get that money, and and you know you you actually start spiraling. And yeah, exactly. I know it happened to me in my early twenties when I when I thought I was bulletproof, as they say.
2: Well, Daniel Negreanu, uh was a close friend and said he was one of the more authentic human beings I've ever met. Uh, Joe Stapleton, uh, who does his own uh, podcast, says uh, the caveman was troubled, but kind and generous. I'm I'm glad I re- reunited with him where he was able to do what he loved. Wreck one of my shows. <laughs> uh, Matt Savage had some uh, nice words to say about him. Popular, gregarious and generous to most who knew him and always went out of his way to be a friend. Uh, Joe Giron uh, who's a photographer on the WPT talked about some of the, uh, the events that they uh, enjoyed including being on Beale Street with a wrestler named Disco Inferno and <laughs> He had a prop bet that uh, he bet how many random people he could high five in in a certain amount of time, uh, but everybody on the Poker Night TV crew loved him. He was on that show quite a bit, and uh, basically because uh, Todd Anderson said that he took the time to know the whole crew, and that kind of tells you what kind of person he was.
1: Yeah, really. you know, it, it sounds like a, you know a, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, depending on whether he was drinking. Yeah. You know, that's for, you know, based on what you said, and you said that he, if he had a, you know, a drinking problem, you know, it, it, for some people they get happy and mellow, and others they get, you know, nasty and and aggressive, and right, you know, without knowing the man, I don't want to judge that, but because yeah, obviously, 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 so many prominent people in this business who had to deal with him on a, you know, on a full time basis, let's say, or, you know. Thought very highly of this gentleman. Well, uh,
2: one guy put it really excellently when he said, uh, You know how people will come and tell you something, and they'll start off the sentence and s- with one observation, and then they'll say, But, and then they'll come back with the rest. They said, Gavin Smith never said but. He just started with a second part. He just started with that. There you go. So,
1: And that was probably Always part of what his he big thought.
2: charm with everybody. Yeah, you exactly. know, and.
1: Being a genuine, as you've used that phrase, as people are saying that he was the most genuine person, you you learn to respect that. You know whether it's not, a, it may not be the most positive outfit, but you know he's going to tell you what he feels. And when he's in a, when you're in your right frame of mind, and you're like that, and people still like you, and they know that you're very generous. Obviously, just from the comments that you just mentioned, you know that's why they're having a charity event for this exactly. for this gentleman, Rick, now. Rick
2: Fuller, who works with. Uh, the Poker Academy, and uh, was starting to write an autobiography about Gavin. And unfortunately, he passed away when he was. they had had like 10 hours' worth of interviews, but really had a ways to go. And uh, he went online and asked for some stories, and, and they said the floodgates just opened and people wrote numerous stories. One of them was a, uh, a picture that a guy texted in. It was from a home game that they were playing, and one guy got busted out and was out of, of money. And Gavin uh, brought up the idea that they would take, uh, you know, a 16-inch-long si- piece of duct tape. He could tape it to his chest, and they would get to pull it off. And every oh. time they did, it would be worth 50 bucks. Oh my god! And he could god. do it as much as he could. But you know, you talk about, uh, you know, yeah. wax w- waxing a waxing. 16-inch. <laughs> Oh, my God. And then she had a picture of it going across the guy's chest, and he was a hairy-chested guy, and it was pretty funny. But anyway, uh, lots of mourning, and there will be lots of laughs and good times as well for people telling stories. And that all gets underway tonight. We're in just the next few minutes, actually, as we're doing the show, uh, 6, 6 p.m. out in uh, Vegas time. But that will be the tournament tonight, and then tomorrow will be the casino players, uh, co- casino employees. So
1: that that's kind of like the official st- The official start of the tournament right?
2: every year. And uh, I want to talk about one of the local dealers out there, the one dealer of the year last year. I think we talked about him a little bit last year, but he had an interesting article or interview about him uh, where he was interviewed and had some uh, tips for not only dealers but players maybe playing for the first time and have some interesting observations. Uh, I mentioned Daniel Negreanu. He is in the news just about every day, it seems like. Uh, First of all, he got married. I don't even know if we got to mention that last week. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Anyway, he married uh, Amanda Leatherman, who was uh, the girl who did the interviews on the big game. And he played many times in the big game. So, uh, you know, after he got busted out, he would go over and sit on the couch and get interviewed by her. Now they're they're still on the couch, but uh, (laughs) doing something else, I think. No, I'm just kidding. But they had just an absolutely beautiful wedding out in uh, Rancho Palos Verdes. In California, basically, uh, if you just imagine it, uh, you know how they have those outdoor weddings with a little tent uh, that the couple stands under and the chairs set up on some sort of dance floor facing the ocean, ocean. with right over was a cliff, kind of a cliff. And it was just one of the most beautiful things. And uh, if you're wondering uh, who was in his wedding, uh, I don't know the women, but uh, a couple of the men, I can tell you that... Uh, uh, some of the uh, the groomsmen were Christian Sanchez, who was uh, Daniel's uh, videographer and golf coach. And then poker players Eddie Sabat and Eric Wassermson. So uh, I did see Helmut in the crowd, and uh, there were a lot of huge names. Uh, just some of the people who were there besides Helmut were David Williams, Jason Somerville, Frank Casella, Maria Ho, Antonio Esfandiari, David Benjamin. And Jeff Madsen, just a few of the names of the people who were at the wedding. Anyway, it was very beautiful. It was on the 17th of May. And then more news in the last couple of days. First, uh, Negranu has left PokerStars after being with them for 12 years. Uh, One of the most incredible sponsorships there. He said it was an amicable split. Uh, He's been with them since 2007. He called it an incredible run. But uh, he said he was actually feeling a little bit freed up, uh, you know, because of it. But uh, he has gone on to do a few other things. And he is working uh, with this organization called Masterclass.com and doing some teaching there. So uh, he, of course, has his own site, uh, Full Contact Poker, and doing a lot of stuff. So um, there has been some controversy with him lately, uh, you know, uh, uh wh- involved in staking and uh talking about the rake of different tournaments and uh uh listing all his opinions but he did uh get into a heated exchange with Sean Deeb just uh just a few weeks ago and uh they discussed a the bizarre bet on which man would stay married longer.
0: <laughs> so that's really
2: Deeb taking the low shot there. Anyway, um He uh, came out with his uh, staking for the World Series of Poker. He said he was going to play a lot of 1,500 events this year. He decided he wanted to get more down to the regular player level and, uh, you know, kind of hear from people and play at tables where, you know, the regular guys that come out there and are not traveling the circuit and maybe come out once a year for the tournament. So he did have his staking and selling action, and he decided to. do it with no markup, which is uh, kind of surprising because we've heard uh, Helmut criticized for markup of a 1.8, and you know anybody that goes up more than about uh, 1.2 or 1.3 gets ragged online, and there's a lot of arguing. So his original thing was that he was going to have a 10% uh, markup, 1.1 for his $1,500 tournaments, 25% for his uh, 15 to 10,000, and then 50% of his action. Uh, to sell, oh, this was all at no markup, I'm sorry. This is this is how much he was going to sell at the different uh, levels. He was going to sell half of his action in 10,000 or more buy-in tournaments. Well, they got this all online, and it was announced that all the packages sold out in 30 minutes. Okay. Wow. Well, a lot of people were absolutely shocked by that, and they said they didn't think there was any way that was true, and as it turned out, they were right. Uh, there was a problem with the site that he had, There was a mistake in the database, and the packages were oversold. So he's a good guy. He's not taking people. He had originally offered about $275,000 in action and actually took in $1.8 million. Oh, my God. So he has promised to pay everybody back. He said the low tournament sold out in one minute, according to the site. But it was a software glitch on a new server, and he's going to cover not only the return of the money to people, That was extra, but will cover up to 60,000 in fees, which I think covers pretty much the whole thing. So he says the thing he feels badly about is that, uh, you know, those people will get their money back, but then they're not going to have any action. So he's going to figure out a try to way to get everybody back in and reopen it again. So uh, as of, I guess, yesterday, all those refunds had been processed and he's sending out confirmation emails. And he said there'll be a closed Facebook group. And you'll have a chance to uh, get special, exclusive opportunities. So, you know, that's a whole other part of the game that we talk about occasionally, but we really have no clue of what it's involved in that.
1: Yeah, when they're saying, say, well, and and remember Greg Raymer?
2: Yeah, Uh, uh mm-hmm.
1: You know that he did. He on our show, he mentioned how he did that and how many people made money when when they bought shares in him. I guess this is what you're talking about, right. with Daniel, him selling shares and so. That who else to pick from than than Daniel Negrano, yeah. you know I mean you know what's he got six bracelets, I think yeah, right now, I so you're right. I believe you're right, you know <laughs> I wouldn't mind investing a little bit in him also,
2: well, he seems motivated, you know, I mean uh, married in the first series after getting married, and uh you know, having a feeling that he wants to branch out uh obviously in his teaching career and his association with the poker community um. You know, playing in these fifteen hundred dollar events is something that's kind of new for him. Uh, I think he will be very motivated. And I think he will have, still have a big series. Obviously, this is kind of a little f- bump in the road, but but uh, he hey, addressed it right away. He did. He did.
1: You know, if you think the man has got you know the integrity and everything else, and and you know, he admitted what happened. He knows it was a glitch and know, paying the fees out of his own pocket to make sure everybody gets their money back. Exactly. Everybody is, you know, is is made right on this. You, you, what can you say? Yeah. I, I honestly think that as, if this gets processed right away, it's going to make him look even better in the sense that I think know, a right. situation occurred and and you know he owned up to it right away and made people whole right away. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Uh, later in the series, this is of course the 50th anniversary year of the World Series of Poker. And I want to talk a little bit about one of the tournaments. We'll do that when we come back. Uh, But I did also want to mention that having something called the First 50, which is a dinner and tournament later in the series, which will honor the 50 most influential people in World Series of Poker history. People will have a chance to vote on some of that. And uh, they'll have a thing online where people can get in and uh, express their opinions. So it will be kind of an interesting thing. There will be a dinner later in the series. Uh, I guess, on June 29th. And there will be uh, a lot of fun things around that. But uh, I don't know what you're hearing over at your card room, whether you're going to have people going out there, but there is a tournament called the Big 50 that I want to talk about in our second segment. And it is a $500 buy-in with a $5 million guarantee. What? There's four opening sessions. And uh, people are talking about... The scuttlebutt that I heard was that there was going to be like twenty-five thousand people playing in this tournament. It's uh, incredible value. Well, twenty-five thousand
1: gets that prize pool up to first, a one million dollar first place, twelve and a half million.
2: Right, can turn a life similar, around.
1: This is similar to the the Colossus. No, isn't this similar? Similar,
2: but uh, this will be kind of like overlap. There's be four separate days. They'll start at eleven a.m. beginning this Friday, uh, the thirtieth, and You will play down to the money in your opening session. So you'll be in the money. Uh, You'll come back and play your day two the next day. So as 1A plays and comes back for 2A, one B is starting. Then the following day, they'll come back as one C oh, is starting. It. Right, oh, and that's then pretty 1B. interesting. And then when everybody, uh,
1: by the time one D is done, you've got everybody. You've already right. passed two rounds, and they just got to finish up the next day, and exactly. then you,
2: you're ready to rock and roll. Exactly, and then they will bring everybody back together at oh, one that's, time. That's later. a very unique, and very interesting... Unique uh, we'll yeah. talk more about that in just a minute, and some of the talk about that. But uh, let's take our first break on the show. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Thanks for being with us. We're looking forward to a great series. Uh, there's been a little bit of change in the in the coverage uh during the tournament poker go is still going to do some of the tournaments, but they're also going to be actually are going to have less tournaments than c b s sports all access which is a online streaming site by c b s sports that's five ninety nine a month and they are going to have more tournaments than poker go is going to have although poker go will do the main event along with uh e s p n so Uh, I'll talk about some of that schedule when you come up. If you're interested in catching some of these things, uh, I'll have to look on PokerGo and see what the first event is. I would guess it's probably uh, Tournament 2 on uh, Wednesday night. But uh, We'll be back. We'll uh, talk more about that stuff when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Thanks for being with us, and uh, we'll be right back after these messages.
0: This is Poker Action Line.
2: Hey, Billy. Yeah? Do you want to go to the state fair? Yeah. Do
0: you want to ride the roller coaster? Yeah. The big one? Yeah. The one with the reverse flip? Oh, yeah! Well, you can't. Huh? You see, Billy, when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have done with it, including going to the state fair. Oh, man. Cheer up. This year, your parents will make it right. They're going to visit energysavers.gov where they'll get tips on how to save energy and money. Then they'll add extra insulation and get a few of those Energy Star appliances. They could save hundreds of dollars a year. And you know what, Billy? What? They'll take you to the state fair (gasps) next year. But I want to go this year. I know you do, Billy. I know you do. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com.
2: Welcome back to the show. World Series of Poker on the way. Uh, Big tournament over at Seminole Hard Rock, uh, a... Deep Stack series in the month of May finished up. I'll just let you know uh, on Sunday night, Paul Dom was the champion. Uh, agreed to a four-way deal uh, in that tournament, 1650 buy-in, the deepest stack it was known as, and split the four-way deal with uh, TK Miles, Salman Jadi, and Alan Kessler, the Chainsaw. So uh, had a great tournament. equal pay? No, it was pretty close though. Paul Dom won 58. Miles, 57, Jotty 52, and Kessler, 140. So uh, Scott Zackheim went out in fifth place, and then they agreed to it. Uh, a lot of the big local names, Lonnie Harwood and Phil Wee, Brian Hastings, Ian O'Hara, Josh Beckley, all played in the event. And uh, they also had uh, several other tournaments in that series. Uh, this tournament was won last year by Chris Bolek, and TK Miles finished second. They agreed to a chop, the two of them. I was there and I've heard that last year, and uh, Bolick made uh, 24th place in this one this year, 3,400. Michael Newman finished 29th, but there was an earlier event called the 560 Deeper Stack. They had the Deep Stack, the deepest Deeper Stack, the deepest Stack. Anyway, Jack Shea won that one, 34,000. Jeff Charlton was second, but uh, the interesting thing for us is Steve Carp finished third. Steve's been, he's you been know, playing over well. the last
1: year, hes you, you, we're always mentioning his name. He's getting into the final two tables, final table. Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure
2: he'll play a lot of events. He's been playing a lot, and I'm sure he'll play out at the series this oh. year. Uh, I remember nine years ago, and uh, actually it was 2012, I think it was our third year on the program, uh, I was out there with him, and he introduced me to Chris Bullock out there, and we were standing right outside the, the final table, uh, the Thunderdome, as they call it, And he introduced me to a lot of people out there and uh, had a lot of fun when he was on the show and really hooked us up with some great guests. He really did. He really, really did. But we got away from him for a while, uh, unfortunately, and uh, he is still uh, hanging in there with playing so much better this year than he had in quite some time. Not sure how much he played over the last few years, but uh, he ended up getting knocked out with pocket queens going up. Actually, uh, the other fellow had pocket queens and Carp had Ace-10 in a blind versus blind situation, and uh, eventually got eliminated shortly thereafter when he had Ace-8 against Ace-10. So Whoa. that that hand killed him. Anyway, uh, just wanted to mention that. That finishes up at the Hard Rock, and their next big event will be the Poker sh- Poker Open in August. Also, uh, just wanted to mention briefly. Last week we talked about the the uh, the fact that they quit paying the state of Florida and that there's going to be some stuff happening in that, well, we'll see how that turns out. But things move on. Uh, I don't know if you've been by the uh, Guitar Shaped Hotel, but it's I've seen it from done. the outside. looks you know, like it's I'm almost Driving done. by
1: the turnpike, you know
2: how you always see that. Yeah. Looks like uh, for a while there, there was still two, three floors still need to go up that are almost done now. But they did release the date, finally, when they're going to plan on opening, and it's October 24th.
1: Yeah, because remember originally they wanted to have that thing open f- by August. Yeah, and it was funny because my wife and I last week drove by there, and I'm going to myself, this isn't going to be ready by August. Yeah, you know because well we have been could inside You can see through some see. of the openings, and you can see that some of the main floors yeah. are not finished. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much work or how quickly that gets done. Well, there's
2: still a ways to go, and then there's another part which is like a curved building that's maybe about ten floors high, and then that whole area is going to be a whole new uh, Hard Rock Paradise, Seminole Paradise. Uh, so that stuff is being worked on, but they they would have loved to have been open by August, but yeah, it wasn't really by that football, realistic by
0: the yeah football. the Super Bowl
2: exactly open so that 's of course uh, next February, so first week of February. so uh things coming along there 's actually been an announcement where they 're going to open, and uh we we'll certainly look forward to that. you want to stay overnight with there one night. Uh, Not with the prices they're going to well, be we'll charging. Well, let's see if we can get a special rate. Yeah, well,
1: well, if you can do that for me. Poker Action Line, baby.
2: There you go. There you go. <laughs> no, just kidding. Anyway, uh, we'll see what happens. they are going to have a brand new poker room in the new building, and it's going to be very, very exciting. And uh, we'll obviously be around to cover it. Um, so that is the uh, Seminole uh, business. um uh, I did want to go back to the World Series and talk a little bit more about this big game event, uh, which is pretty exciting. Uh, I did say one thing wrong about that. They're not playing down to the money on day one. They're playing down to the money on day two. two. Okay. Yeah, when they come back. So, um, But that schedule holds in place the 30th, the 31st, the 1st, and the 2nd will be all day ones. Your day two will be the following day, no matter where you start. For,
1: from your division, right. So day, day D, day 1D will be...
2: The fifth day. Right, the fifth day. And, and then, then on the, the sixth, sixth day, day everyone all, will come all back. everybody comes back. But the, uh, I gave you the uh, the guarantee, $5, million, five uh $1 million for first place. But even more interesting and more value worked in is your first entry. You can re-enter on one of the other days if you bust out, but your first entry is rake-free. No rake. Really? Yeah. And uh, so, so all 500 of your original entry will go to the prize pool.
1: Very nice. And how are they going to rake any re-entries for, for uh, the players they, they who do that? that? Have they mentioned that?
2: Half, like half, I think. Yeah? Well, no,
1: okay. well, no kidding, they man. probably
2: no, probably kidding. take you know 10%. Yeah, probably a probably normal type rake. Uh, but they'll start with 50,000 chips, which a lot of people are really going to love. Uh, they'll play 12 50-minute levels on day one and uh this will be one of the most value filled tournaments ever offered by the the World Series of Poker used to be you couldn't get into tournament under 1000 then the colossus came around and they and did now, the 888 yeah and then the 777 and uh you know they're always looking for some kind of angle but well but you always
1: got to Tweak it and find different yeah. things to, to attract different players. you're not going to get the same people yeah. as we've mentioned many times on this show that, that have the same
2: financial means as other players. So. Yeah, and, and one thing I need to correct myself on but that you had right, last week you were saying about the Colossus. You said you thought it was like 13 or fourteen thousand. I thought it was around 18. No, it was lower than that. It was so 13. The oh. first two years, well, I think the first was year was 22, 22 and then, then they 21. got
1: 21, and I thought that was 18. It was no. down to 13 and well, dropped by 8,000. Anyway,
2: last year, I'm not sure if that was the fourth one or the third. I thought that was the third one, but maybe it was the fourth. Anyway, uh, they only did 13,000 last year, and they have moved it back later in the series, but all the other huge field uh, tournaments will be back again. The main event, obviously, is always big. The Millie Maker is had 7300 last year the monster sack 6200 uh the crazy eights did 8 8.5000 wow uh, 8598 the seniors did almost 6000 last year so those are some of the tournaments that'll be big this year and uh should be a lot of fun but uh, uh they are asking people you know and, and people were talking around town here that they had heard rumors that there was going to be 25000 people in this big 50 not sure if that's possible, because they said the limit, basically, for starting uh, players was going to be 4,800 each day. Now, they will have... Well, that gets you just 19 nineteen two for four days. 19-2, if you, if you but what about out. alternates? Uh, do you, is it possible to have 6,000 alternates? I don't think so.
1: You, I mean,
2: listen, depending how on how quickly
1: in? they get eliminated and,
2: and how many you have waiting for it, so... But that's the problem, because, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those tournaments that... You know, with a, such a deep stack and, uh, you know, they're not going to be as quick to uh, people get knocked out. He said that they, they do say on the, a note here that this is a very slow structure, uh, thus o- yeah, opening up fewer m- seats. And with, so, and with a lot more chips involved, right? Use,
1: what was the uh, many chips to start with? 50,000. 50,000, so
2: and they say uh those who want to ensure their participation uh, need to do so by pre-registering and showing up at the start time of their flight you know i don't know how that's going to happen but uh they will potentially sell out every uh flight certainly will sell, uh, sell out saturday and sunday yep uh it's all first come first serve uh, we could have one of those situations like we had at West Palm Beach years ago, where people <laughs> were actually uh, selling tickets outside, exactly. scalping, scalping uh, buying tickets. Well,
1: I remember when I went to people a tournament a at double. the at, at the Hard Rock when they were outside in the sports bar. I went in there for I don't remember what tournament it was. I to get there, there's a lot of people are trying to sell me, the, you know, uh, for double the the entry fee to get in there.
2: Right. I was like, you got
1: to be kidding me. <laughs>
2: Uh, something happens. That's for sure. Yep. Uh, but they are trying to encourage people to get there on time. Uh, the first two days starts at 11. Uh, on the weekends they'll start at 10 a.m. So uh, something a lot of people aren't geared towards, and other people will be out there uh, with bells on. So we'll see <laughs> what
1: happens.
2: Uh, pretty unique payout situation. Uh, they got a better setup for payouts and registration this year. You can actually play pay with with. Uh, with cash, or uh, which you can always do, but casino chips and buying credits, and there is a credit card uh, online Bravo software partner that you can use as well. So they'll have uh, a more streamlined day. Uh, day three, as we mentioned, will be on June 5th, Wednesday, June 5th at 11. It combines all the remaining players then, and they will play down to the final day uh, on day four. Hopefully, if the play goes long, depending on the number of entries, they may have to add a fifth day on Friday, June the 7th. Well, that would be interesting.
1: That would be interesting. So 4800 is their limit, huh? Can you imagine
2: that, walking into something like
1: that, just seeing that sea of people?
2: How about about this one? Players may forfeit their current chip stack at the end of their day one flight prior to bagging, if they so choose, but the opportunity... If they want the opportunity to re-enter another flight, so if you're unhappy with your chip stack, you just don't bag off and you give it right. them back. They said, but once that decision has been made, there is no rescinding. Right. So that is the big story out there, the big 50, which starts on May the 30th. So that kicks things off very early in the tournament. Of course, there'll be some other $10,000 events before that, and plenty of things. But we'll uh, we'll have some fun looking for. Yeah, you know, to that.
1: you know what I'm curious to see. Maybe, maybe, maybe on uh, maybe on, on on the break we can look at. Once we started doing this show, to see how many events were were being offered back then to what's being offered now, and how many more events have been added well, to I the WSOP. R- I, f- I
2: think five years ago we didn't even have sixty events. Now there's eighty nine. Uh, that's, uh, that's what I'm so saying. And can you exactly. imagine
1: when we started this? I think it was more like in the forties, mid forties at think you're that right. time.
2: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: You know, and we thought, wow, forty events. You know, and oh my goodness. And now it's just unbelievable. It just gets bigger and, bigger. and 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 again, just. Looking at the logistics of that, uh, Dave, it's just it's amazing. It's I, running a room. I I can't imagine you got to have such a support cast and, and and everything in there for it to go off relatively smooth. I don't even want to say completely smooth, just relatively smooth. Right. And we haven't heard a lot of complaints. Like we had a few years ago, remember with right. the buy-in and the long lines. I, I think they.
2: Well, the first year of the Colossus, I know. Yeah, people, that was just like brutal that and was horrible. But cash you know, you, you got to give there. them
1: credit. Whenever they do, f- you know, find something, whether it was the cards or whatever it is, they have been able to, for the most part, fix it the following year and 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 make make the event more enjoyable for all the players.
2: There'll be some new events this year. Some interesting stuff. There's a twenty five thousand dollar buy-in PLO tournament. There's going to be a 50000 high roller to celebrate the 50th year. Uh, $10,000 short deck. We talked to more short yep. deck last week. The millimakers Makers, 1 point, uh, 1, $1,500. Uh, let's see. There'll be a 1500 m- monster stack once again. And the Colossus is 400 this year. So that's actually gone down in price over the years. There'll be the annual uh, first annual uh, bracelet winners only event on July the 10th. And there'll be another... Uh, big uh, charity event to uh, benefit the USO and other veterans organizations called the $500 Salute to Warriors. That is on June 2nd. So that's uh, pretty much your schedule as we look at it. Uh, there will be a few other things uh, that are a little bit different. Remember years ago we said uh, there's no such thing as a as a re-entry tournament at the World Series. Well, that's changed. That's changed, huh? Uh, there are still not as many. Uh, there's 89 bracelet events forty six percent will be freeze outs uh we know the main event has always been a freeze out where you've got one in one buy-in and that's it but a lot of these other tournaments now you'll be able to have a single rebuy of the other fifty four four percent uh about half of those are single re-entries and then there'll be some longer ones that are uh you know like the eight 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 and some of that stuff will be uh pretty crazy uh that of course has a huge first prize of eight hundred eighty-eight thousand for a uh, small buy buying event so again they got a couple of those that uh, are gonna be crazy and uh, not everybody's happy with the rebuys but uh it's kind of the way that things are headed well the industry's headed it has been going in
1: that direction for many many years and you know
2: credit to the wsop that they were able to
1: hold off on that but you know
2: well, the the interesting thing is if you don't like a re-entry tournament, you don't, you don't have, have to enter. You it still, still got almost
1: 50% race. of the tournaments you right. don't have to worry about that. Exactly. Week, so,
2: so uh, you know, they will uh, bend over backwards to try to accommodate everybody, but there will be uh, certain events. Uh, you know, you look at, like, the seniors or the ladies event or uh, the casino employees mm-hmm. event. Someone may travel, you know, 3,000 yeah. miles to get there if they get knocked out with pocket aces in the first uh, few hands you know it just doesn't seem quite fair so uh, 41 events will be will be uh freeze outs yeah
1: and they, and they have enough l- low uh, low, buy-in low buy-in events that y- you have enough of them now that it can satisfy the wide range of poker players and their and their pocketbooks
2: and you remember years ago it was like whatever your buy-in was that's how many chips you got so if you got knocked out, there was really no value to come in later on exactly. you know, in the tournament. So, you know, if they're up to $1,000 blinds and uh, you're only getting the original 5,000 chips, you know, you're only buying in for five big blinds. Exactly. It's a so, waste of time. So
1: It all depends. Like you said, the the, the not to say the best scenario because it's not a good scenario, but you get knocked out in the first half hour with pocket aces because somebody sucks out on you, you know, if you have the finances and the means for it, you buy right back in. and You know you don't have to worry about being upset that you traveled all this time and you can't get back into the same tournament that you really want to play.
2: You mentioned, uh, looking back a few years at how many events there were. Here's a good one for you. You probably know this, but uh, in the first main event, which was in 1973, how many players played in the first main event? I believe it was just... Nine? No, it was 13. Oh, it was 13. 13. Okay. And who won it? They were voted for the they winner. They did vote after playing for a while, but... Uh, I don't know how you do that in a poker
1: tournament. I'd love to get my friends here. Am, am I the winner? Thank you, everybody. Give me your money.
2: But they said Puggy Pearson actually mm-hmm. won. Uh, they had the most chips. so. They had a thing where they voted for uh, Moss. Uh, Jim, what's his name? Uh, Johnny, Johnny Moss. Johnny Moss, yeah. But uh, come a long way since 1973, that's for sure. It sure has. From one tournament to
1: 89, is it, did you say? Or 89. 80, nine, 89.
2: Nine are online events this year. 80 live events. And we still don't know if the whole country is going to be able to play in uh, after the last seven of the nine online events. We've we'll still got to hear about that. Uh, so PokerGo is going to share the, tri- uh, the streaming rights, as I mentioned. If, let me tell you something, Dave. If that occurs
1: that is just a whole new horizon that they have just tapped into if they right. can do that and and come back to you know the liquidity as our as our good friend from Jacksonville would used to say having all of those players can you imagine how that would be Unbelievable. online it's just Unbelievable. An incredible
2: anyway uh, a lot of people don't have CBS all access so uh, it's 599 a month as opposed to a uh, poker goes 999 a month although you can buy a yearly subscription and save some money. But they will have less than half of the uh, events during the series, but will have all of the main events. So uh, there will be some schedules coming out on what exactly they're going to cover. Uh, so, you know, if you're really into it, 16 bucks will cover you for an entire World Series. You can watch just about every event. So, And what is it on, uh,
1: is it, Live, live, or is it on like a ten, fifteen minute uh, delay? Thirty minutes. Thirty believe, minute yeah. delay. Yeah, thirty minutes. And you could see the cards and everything in the players' hands as they're right. Mean, you're what I'm
2: right. All right. Well, the CBS All Access, by the way, uh, is not just uh, poker and sports. It's also gives you the uh, Amazing Race and Survivor and some of that stuff that streams. Uh, so, um, cable subscriptions obviously have gone down over the years. So. Uh, the new thing is this uh, streaming services, and we'll see uh, how that fills in. But they also, of course, will uh, uh, have the highlight packages on ESPN later in the year, so those are the ones that people have gotten used to. Uh, anyway, let's take another break here on the program. When we come back, uh got this uh, interesting interview with Daniel Harris, who was the Poker Dealer of the Year last year, voted Poker Dealer of the Year. Uh, and actually his first year out at the World Series of Poker. He had done circuit events for 14 years, and for the first time went to Vegas. But he has a couple of interesting things, so we'll uh, mention that with him when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and we'll be right back after these messages on the show. Stick around.
1: This is Poker Action Line.
2: and the play-for-real game becomes available. It's tough
0: to break into a career. Everybody wants to hire someone with experience. But how can you get experience if no one will hire you? Employers like to see that you've done the hands-on work. In the Guard, you can get paid training in your specialty. Then go out and apply those skills in the civilian world. I wouldn't be where I am today without the Guard. I'm serving my country, and I'm succeeding in the National Guard. Call 1-800-GO-GUARD and ask how you can get the job skills you need for the career you've always wanted in the National Guard.
2: Welcome back to Poker Action Line. There is a big tournament going on out in Vegas right now at the ARIA, the uh, WPT uh, season ending event. They still have the Tournament of Champions to come, which will also be at the ARIA, but they are playing day two of uh, the World Series or the WPT uh, tournament at the ARIA. It's called the Tournament. It's called the. Uh, it is a Tournament. I guess it is the Tournament of Champions. Anyway. Uh, let me go ahead and find that. Uh, they are playing, and they have come back for, for day two. This is on the main tour, and they are, will play this down to a final table on the 31st. But they started with uh, 192 players. It's uh, actually uh, the Aria Summer Championship is what okay. it's called, the, Tournament of Champions, the Baccarat Cristal Tournament of Champions still to come in which they will play the final table following the Hard Rocks final table and the Choctaw final table. That all comes up this weekend as well. But they are playing uh, 60 players left out of 192. Seth Davies, the chip leader, Chance Corneth, who's been on this program, uh, is in second place in just under 400,000. Rainer Kempe running deep, Anthony Zeno. Jason Kuhn started the day as the chip leader. He is now in eighth place. Uh, ninth place with 242 K and a lot of the big uh, named players are Ali Emsirovich, uh Noah Schwartz uh, still running pretty deep Ryan Laplant Manik loser Dominic Nietzsche this is where we see all these foreign players come in and uh, you know really make their mark in some of these big tournaments uh, Igor Kurganov and uh, several other players anyway still alive, 60 players and uh, We'll give you the results of that obviously next week. But there's several tournaments around town and this is the big change is that everybody's trying to cash in when all the players are in town and there's so many big series and tournaments. That's it. There's so many
1: you know, thousands and thousands of poker players and as we you just mentioned earlier in the show, forty eight hundred could only come into that one day. I mean, think about it. You're there to play, you got a limited time to play it in. If you can't do it at the W S O P you just go on and do it somewhere else, yeah, you know. And, and they're offering great value and, you know, great tournaments all around town. It's it's an amazing thing, Dave. It really is. And all the years we've been doing this and now it's been growing. And then all of a sudden the ARIA, doesn't the Venetian also have a big they tournament do? during the WSOP? Planet yeah.
2: Hollywood has a big series. Uh, there's enough they, players they, they to go around for
1: everybody. What's amazing to me, to be honest with you, is that there's enough dealers to deal these. Yeah. I know I know there. that's probably the biggest complaint, you know, that the quality of dealers, you know, uh, I won't mention somebody by name, but somebody that I've worked with, a very sweet woman, I don't consider her to be a very good dealer, um, for years has gone out there, you know, and obviously is making good money, because she's taking leave of absence and, and everything else, and... uh I know she's currently working at where you are right now, sir. Yeah, okay. And, um, you know, I just, and I'm thinking, wow, you know.
2: You're going to Vegas?
1: You're going to Vegas, and they've been bringing her back for years and years. And, again, sweet, lovely woman. Um, Her dealing skills could definitely be a lot better. I don't know if they've improved, but I recently got to see her deal, say, within the last three or four months, and it's just you know, she, she's capable, but that's about it. Yeah. And what I've heard from people out there that have gone out is like, oh my God, the dealers are brutal. The dealers are brutal. You know, so I, I you guess can they have. What but like think in about it. Or think like that, about right? that, Dave. thousand eight hundred people. You let's assume you're sitting ten players. That's four hundred and eighty tables. That means you need four hundred and eighty dealers just to deal without giving them a break, you know, without giving these people yeah. a break. So, it, it, and then you're dealing your cash games, other tournaments, because they're running multiple tournaments. It's it's really amazing. That's like I said, I'm, I'm overwhelmed thinking of what goes into staffing this thing and the people who are running this, that right. that they're able to coordinate all these different things that you need to do between the chips the dealers the supervisors the scheduling I, I, Dave I'm telling you it, for me I, I start going I go oh good lord I'm glad I'm at my age now not in my 20s anymore to do this so
2: Well yeah and obviously you're going to want to be at the World Series of Poker for the prestige of it and you're not going to settle for a planet Hollywood series or something like that most likely well, right Well
1: guess what uh, yes you go out there because the dream is to win a bracelet of no, some No I mean sort. as a dealer Oh as a dealer well, no, you're gonna go where you make money. Yeah. To be honest with you, the prestige is you know all from a dealer. The, all the good jobs listen, are taken, right? Outside, outside of the dealer, you know the employee and having a, a, a you know winning it as a dealer. There's no prestige as a dealer. You know it, it's similar to what we say about umpires and referees. Right. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know a good one when you're not noticed, yeah, and the exactly. same thing happens for a dealer. Dealers get noticed in the table 99 out of 100 times. It's because they made a mistake.
2: Well, let's talk about a quality dealer that uh, was last year's 2018 Dealer of the Year. Uh, Was thrilled to have won the award, he said, uh, because it's voted on by his fellow dealers. And uh, not the players and not the management, but your fellow dealers vote, vote you in. He's 57 years old, and this was the first time he's from Mississippi. The first time he dealt at the World Series in Vegas. Although he had been working for fourteen years on the circuit, especially in New Orleans, uh, so he's dealt that for over a decade so last year was his first year uh, there's a shot of him at the final table and went head to head head to head play, and he's dealing that uh, so you know when you get to that point, I guess they've they've weeded out the chaff oh
1: right? no 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 listen I conversation with this woman getting back to her, I said, "Oh, how long now again, the necessity." tells you you need a body, <laughs> you need a pulse sitting in that chair that can at least throw the cards without facing them up and and go from there. And the players have to understand this. You just can't have that, that, that amount of quality dealers, you know, and the hours that they're putting in, even quality dealers are bound to make a mistake. Uh, the money is there, but once you get probably, I would imagine, once you get to the money in the main event at least, I've got to imagine that almost all those dealers are top-notch dealers. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, as as people get eliminated in the pool, your players, you know, the players dwindle down and down and down, you should be dealing with the cream of the crop.
2: Yeah. Well, we know a lot of the players are a little bit inexperienced, so they asked Daniel uh, what he thought were the most common mistakes of... Uh, Players, not... Uh, players, not the Players, of so players. And then we'll see if you can guess these. There's okay. He listed four. That, common uh, mistakes? Common mistakes okay. that players make in, in that, the games. In the there. games.
1: Well, one has to be folding out of turn. That's number one. Okay. Um, acting out of turn, uh, meaning they'll place a bet. And again, it kind of goes back and forth with the folding. Right. Um, you know... Um, hmm... Not putting up their aunties, uh you know, quick enough in the tournament. I know. I know my partner here got penalized around for that uh, at, the yeah, the I did at that. West Palm I did, Beach. I did that. Well, let's
2: let's cut out the uh, the guessing the, here. The, 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 no, the uh, no, not the guessing, but uh, the one you just said is kind of uh, pretty much the, s- the same as the first one. So uh, his second one that's similar to that would be exposing your cards. Ex- yes just to show them they said often with action pending
1: right right these the and these are very inexperienced dealers i would also imagine and it's similar to exposing your cards having a reaction to a flop you understand i used to love
2: it you can't do that you can't do that
1: no if two nines come up and you go like this well, well you don't want
2: to do that obviously but but what it's i'm saying not, is that's not a what i'm saying a penalty, is penalty is
1: it it's it's not a penalty but that is like really bad poker yeah, bad etiquette poker playing bad poker etiquette. You understand? And if if you've played poker for okay, I'm not saying if you're a, quote a newbie to this, but if you've been in brick and mortars enough, you know, you know not to do that. Right. I mean, it, it it has created major tension at yeah, the table. Right. You know, and and especially if you're trying to make a move on somebody. All of a sudden, somebody makes a move. You go, well, damn! Yeah, there's only influences. there's only one yeah, nine left in the in the deck, and, and this guy's representing it. Now I know that one of them. I mean, two nines. Now I know one of them is right. completely gone. Right. So you know, it's usually comments that are also made on the table. You know, mm-hmm. you, you'll see inexperienced players going, "Well, there's the flush," you know. And you don't really want that. Yeah, uh, I don't know if these are the, some of the stuff that Daniel has touched on. No, I'm sure I'm going to agree kind of,
2: with them. Two other kind of simple ones. Uh, you want to take a
1: shot? Misreading their hands, I would imagine, might be one of them.
2: Oh, no, one of them is splashing the pot as opposed oh, to just sliding your chips I,
1: I told a very interesting story just about that today at work to somebody because there was a guy complaining about somebody splashing the pot. And I might have mentioned this many years ago, but I was on a ship dealing and there an extremely nasty gentleman uh, who kept just, you know, just being, and I asked him three or four times, finally the fourth or fifth time, he tells me, listen, just shut the F up and F and deal. I said, okie Kidoki, okay, well, alright, we're going to see who wins this battle, so I did just that. It was a 30-60 limit game back then, no limit wasn't being dealt, Dave. And I waited until there was a hand that was 60, 120, 180, 240, and it came to him, and he splashed the pot. And I just looked at him. I go, it's 240 to call. He hits the roof. And he goes, what do you mean? I put my money? I go, I didn't see your money. Where's your money in front of you? So he starts screaming. I call over the floor, being that he was a nasty SOB. I said, sir, I've asked him four or five times not to splash the pot. He's claiming he threw the chips, and nobody at the table is saying a damn word now because they know exactly where I'm heading with this. I go and I'm telling the gentleman it's 240 to call. Supervisor just looked at him and said, "Sir, it's 240 or fold." And he put in the extra 240, made everybody on the table smile. And the best part of it is that he lost the hand. And after the hand was over, I just looked at him. I go, "We can play this my hold down here if you like. You know, we can play this game my hold down." <laughs> Let me tell you, he put his bets in front of him the whole time that I was there. I don't know if he continued
2: to do that, but again. That is an annoying thing for players. Okay, and the last one was uh, players trying to make change when there's still action pending, because they can do it at home and home games and stuff like that. Right, they go, oh well, listen, it's 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 whatever, five hundred
1: a call. I got a thousand dollar chip here. Let me make change. And I and sometimes as a dealer, you're following the action and you don't see this, and you get there and you're like really confused. You know, and other players are trying to tell them. Listen, you can't do that. that. That is very annoying. But to be honest with you, I haven't seen that in tournament play. You know, again, not having the, the wide experience of going to all these tournaments. So if Daniel's saying that's happening, that's a surprise. But yes, very true. Home games that happens all the time. Dealer, I'm making this, and guess what? You're you're working strictly for tips. So you allow whatever's happening to happen because you know you need these these people to tip you in the, in the home game. Uh,
2: there's three things that really bother him that veteran players sometimes do out there. Uh, one is uh, not paying attention because they're either on their phone, they're listening to music, or they're playing another game, and he has to keep trying to get their attention. Any comments on that? It is, it, let me tell you, it is brutal when that happens, and yes, and now more so... And it might it, be a great player. Let me too. tell you
1: something. Might be a well-known. Think great about player. it.
2: Dave. you know,
1: in our era, we didn't have the social media stuff like that. We had sports betting. Yeah. Now, you know, it's amazing how many people I see playing on their phone or on their, you know, their pad, a, a poker game, uh, Candy Crushers, something else. Chinese. And poker. I'm thinking to myself, Holy cow! You know, you are playing I mean, listen, I used to see this in the big game at Dania. You know, and we're talking pots that are twenty, thirty thousand dollars 30000 Wow. And I'm thinking, man, my full concentration would be on the table. But, again, you know, at our age, Dave, you know, it's a little different now. Uh, you know, the, the younger players, and when I say younger players, I'm thinking 20-year-olds. But these people are in their mid to late 30s, some even early 40s. It's just a completely
2: different world. Yeah, absolutely. Another one is, uh, you said, uh Players that have a lot of experience sometimes jump on the beginning dealers. He says uh, you got to be patient with them. Try not to make them nervous because it only makes them perform worse. Exactly,
1: a hundred percent. The worst thing any player can do, and, and granted, as a player also, I've been very upset with dealers who have cost me, you know, money. Most of them is they're they're not paying attention, or they're so intimidated, they're so frightened that. Dave it's almost like you tune these people out, and then players purposely will slow down the action to get the mo- the most common mistake by a dealer is a premature turn, river, sometimes even the flop you know and 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 it comes from again sometimes it's the exper- you know the, the experience that the dealer actually has and how bad they are, and the others it comes from as Daniel said just constantly being beaten down beaten right. yeah. by by the players because you're making so many mistakes and think about it Dave when you make one or two mistakes and everybody's bringing it to your attention now you're so concerned and I don't know about you but most of the dealers that I've had experience with all the years that I've trained and everything the more nervous they get even though you tell them calm down just pay attention. It, it seems to go in one ear and out the other, and, and something else takes over. And now they're making the—I mean—the dumbest mistakes, flip, you know, uh, flipping cards, dealing to the wrong seat. I, I, I mean, I've seen everything, and, and you just shake your head, going, "How did this person get to become a dealer?"
2: The other pet peeve for him was uh, players uh, tanking for no reason, uh, especially on oh, the TV table. Well, you know? we've
1: mentioned this for years. That's probably the worst thing that's happening now because. They've seen some of these pros because of the you know the TV productions that we've seen over the years and you know yeah. uh, you and I well you mentioned some of the tournaments have had uh, time clocks I'm a big I'm a big uh, proponent of that if uh, if they could put a, a thing where you get a bank time of five minutes and once that's done you get ten seconds to act or you fold yeah I'd love that and I think the large majority of poker players would love that.
2: He also mentions uh, what what advice for first time dealers is, he said, of course, you always want to be friendly with the players, but if you make a mistake, uh, you know, admit it, it. admit it, and then uh, correct it, obviously, and then afterwards apologize. And most players will, uh, you know, they look at you in a lot better light after that. Right.
1: I mean, listen, as soon as you admit it and you apologize, now, granted, Dave. (laughs) <laughs> Daniel's giving you the best-case scenario, you know. Uh, I had a premature turn the other day that cost somebody probably about a $900 pot. So I don't care how often you apologize to somebody yeah. that you made that mistake. You they're ain't getting it. And in a acceptable. tournament where you're putting up $1,500, $2,000, whatever, whatever the value of the tournament is, the buy-in for the tournament is, somebody cost you a hand because they did they, we're not doing something that is pretty common as a dealer. If lack of concentration, whatever it is, you know, it's kind of hard to hold your tongue. It yeah. really is. And as a supervisor, you gotta got to try to defuse the situation, but eventually take control of your room and the table. And that's just going to more than likely piss off that
2: player yeah, even exactly. more. And one last thing he mentions, which you probably hadn't thought about because, you know, you're not at the World Series of Poker, but... Uh, pretty unique to this situation is he said if he had one thing to mention to another dealer as advice would be to have a schedule of the events in your pocket for questions that players have at the table you know that you can just pull it out, hand it to them, let them look up what they want, and uh, you know instead of having them uh distracted and trying to figure out where they 're going to play next you 've helped them out by giving them that information uh, yeah but that that's uh that 's
1: a uh a dual help situation there. If 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 management doesn't supply you with something well, that you can keep in you your pockets, you have to do it on your own. Probably. Well, let me tell you, there's so. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because there's so many freaking events. Uh, think about it. Eighty nine events. Nine online. What are you going to have information on? You know, uh, they'll start asking you these questions. Yes, it's true that if it's easier, if you just pull out here's the schedule. You understand? Yeah. But. Management, it, it's actually I believe this is more of a management issue, where hey, here's two or three schedules real quick of, of all the events. If somebody asks, when you go, when you do a, you know, when you're on a break or a push, grab some more at the podium. You know, I I I, I don't think I would as a manager try to put that burden on those dealers. Really, remember, think about it. I'm talking about. You know, I don't know how, how what the number of dealers are.
2: Might earn you a big but, tip, though. Huh? Might earn you a big not tip. Not in a tournament,
1: it ain't. Not in a tournament, it ain't going to give you a big tip. Nobody's going to come around and say, here's $100. Now, if you're dealing in a cash game and so, and you give somebody a about the tournaments, that could earn you a tip, not a big tip, I doubt it, unless they remember you if they win the tournament. But, again, most of these dealers, you know, probably 75% of the dealers, are not of the highest quality dealers, you know, just because of lack of experience, maybe, and um, they're having enough tough time here dealing yeah. the game to um, have absolutely. to worry about getting a schedule and stuff. So if management says here, put these little credit card style tournament breakout, yeah, maybe, break out, do that.
2: maybe uh, <laughs> after mentioning that, maybe they'll do that. You know, so yeah. uh, World Series gets underway uh, on the twenty-ninth, which is Wednesday. Of This week, the $500 Casino Employees event is the first event, as usual, at 11 a.m. And then uh, later in the day, at uh, just shortly after, at noon, will be the $10,000 super, super Turbo Bounty. And that will be covered on Poker Go. Then the following day, on Thursday, they'll have the Big 50 starting in the morning at 11. And the $1,500 Omaha High Low 8 or Better at 3 p.m. Uh, so... Tournament swings right and quickly into action, and we'll be following it all here on Poker Action Live.
1: Good luck to those that are going out early and starting this coming week before we come back on our next show. Absolutely.
2: We'll catch you next week. Gio, thank you for all your help as usual. Thank you, Geo. And we'll as give always. you some early results from the tournament uh, on our show next week. See you then.
0: The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.